0: Life Audio What brings us here today is man Jorian's just going to share his testimony with you guys
1: Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free
2: Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now the host of Life After Addiction
0: Welcome back to another episode of Life After Addiction. Uh, We hope you guys had an amazing Christmas. Uh, New Year's is now upon us, Uh, so we wish you guys a Merry Christmas um, and a Happy New Year. Amen. And today you see that Adam is not with me. We have our producer, Jorian, in the studio, and I'm really excited uh, for today's episode, man. How this transpired or how this came about was Jorian was working late in the studio um, a few weeks ago, and we just got to talking. And I had never heard his story or his testimony before, but he shared it with me, and I was deeply touched and impacted by the way he came to Christ. All of us have a personal and unique story of how you know, the Lord has saved us and delivered us and revealed himself to us. And man, his story just really stuck out to me. It was very unique. And I was like, man, we have a video of me sharing mine. We have a, a video of Adam sharing his testimony. Um, I really think that you should share your story. So that that's what brings us here today is, man, Jorian's just going to share his testimony with you guys. And like I said, man it touched me it really did it touched me in a in a profound manner cuz it's so unique it's so beautiful the intricacy um in which god's hand was just all over everything so um tell the viewers tell our listeners a little bit about yourself maybe yeah. um did you grow up as a christian did you grow up in a christian home um any, anything like that so just kind of uh bring us bring us up a little bit from your childhood
3: yeah so firstly yeah glory to god um it's awesome that it touched you like that so mm. praise god for that yes sir um yeah, so I grew up in a home where there were Christian principles. You know, uh, my grandmother, she really taught me a lot about the faith um, through just uh, media, you know, putting on television, Veggie VeggieTales. Uh, I learned a lot about some of the basic stories um, and just in hearing conversation about the Bible. But other than that, I myself didn't have a really strong Christian upbringing. Uh it was kind of I was kind of around it, but I never was really raised as a Christian. Um so yeah, I guess around age 12 um or in my teen early teens, I through through the I guess through media, through music, yeah. through um the internet and me just being really involved in those things, I came to a place where I, through the influence of all the garbage that I was listening to in the culture, I became an atheist. Um, A lot of the music I was listening to was very, uh, just honestly, just demonic, dark, blasphemous. Um, And man, music is so powerful. It's so powerful. It's... it's like it's like little sermons you're listening to in your head, and mm. they're they're plugging your brain. Um, it's all everything you're you're hearing there. It's sticking there. It's rewiring your brain. It's going into your soul. It's affecting your spirit, and so those things it was affecting my spirit without me knowing at the time, um, and it influenced me to a point where I, I said, okay, I'm going to be an atheist. You know, because a lot of the stuff I was listening to was encouraging that path. Um,
0: so, what age did you profess atheism? Would you say? I think maybe around twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And so you were acknowledging, time. like, hey, so I'm, I'm, my spiritual beliefs would be atheism. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I got into like evolution, started studying the Big Bang theory, all that. Uh, I was watching atheist scientists um, and atheists debate um, Christians and yeah. all types of stuff, man. And I really became a militant atheist. I was really just. I had a lot of anger, I guess, towards God. Um, I Mm. wouldn't have said that then, but um, I was expressing that through just ridiculing Christians and, um, yeah, just being really militant towards Christians and the religion. Uh, I I thought that Christians were robots. I thought that church was a tool of control. I thought that religion in general was, um, yeah, something that was used by elites, governments, governments to control people uh, and to keep their minds in check.
0: Okay, so that answered that perfectly. I was going to say so how did you view Christianity? But yeah, you just described that perfectly. Yeah. So because of you viewing it as like and that's the government trying to control people or a way to just, you know, um make us believe certain things and influence in, influence us in a certain way, you wanted to go against the grain and um yeah. atheism was particularly what what you believed.
3: Yeah, and and i had a very narrow understanding of christianity too so i was basing it off that um but yeah for the most part I, I saw christianity as not logical not rational um and yeah and so because of that i thought intellectually uh speaking that atheism was the more logical and rational uh path to go down and so yeah i i was i was an atheist for a few a, a few years uh during during that time though i did i got into like um i guess i was convinced that evolution was not true um it just didn't make sense to me we came from monkeys that just it just never sat well with me right um even logically i didn't i didn't want to admit it but even logically just going through the loops of okay monkeys earth s- stars planets big bang You can't stop there, you know. I I always was like, why do they stop there, you know. Why don't they keep going, okay. So what's before the Big Bang. Right. Um, But even I myself, I was stopping myself from going there. And so I became more of an agnostic atheist. um, But then I started getting into more spiritual practices. Uh, So Eastern spirituality really interested my soul. Maybe around 16. um, Yeah going into high school. And so I started doing um, Buddhism, started practicing Buddhism, Taoism, a little bit of Hinduism. Um, And I really got into meditating. And um, I got into like duality and yin yang and a lot of different just philosophies. Um, And it was, uh, for the most part, it was really mental near my teen years. It wasn't really practical, but I I was really interested in those things. Um, It was more so towards the end of Coming to the end of high school, maybe around 17, 18, yeah. where I really started to practice these things, um, so I got really deep into, like, like me- I was still doing meditation. I was doing uh, astrology. Um, I started to get into, um, like, tarot cards and uh, all, all, all types of occultic practices, uh, and also at the same time, I was smoking marijuana just about every day. Um, I got into psychedelic drugs and that, that in itself, that opened a whole can of worms because, uh, psychedelic drugs, what it does to you is it, it, and it seems to have the same effect on everyone that does it. When I did psychedelic drugs, it almost made me feel like I was coming close to, to the key of unlocking all the secrets of the universe. Um, It's
0: it's interesting because we had that conversation. You brought this up specifically when when you shared your testimony with me. And I could relate so much because I used to do a lot of psychedelic drugs and hallucinogens and stuff like that. And exactly like you're describing, and I met many men working in addiction recovery who believes they've tapped in. And I believed it myself to like this spiritual realm that is just pure bliss and right. euphoria, and nobody could understand. And like you said, you're cracking Da Vinci's code and it feels so right. good and it's so blissful. It's so peaceful. How could this not be spirituality? How could this not be the essence of like diving deeper into who we are or where we come from or a different realm and man, you don't realize until you know, the real true right. God, how evil that is, right. how wrong, how broken of a way of thinking that is, but right. yeah, go on. Yeah. Cause it's, it's crazy, man. A lot of people do That's If you don't know the Lord, it's what we were talking about. That is like the pinnacle of spirituality, right? Like it doesn't get any more spiritual. Anybody who's ever done hallucinogens or psychedelics, you understand that And unless you know God, that's feels spiritual, right? That that feels right. like the pinnacle of spiritualism,
3: right? And yeah, apart from Christ, when you have that spiritual experience, it's like it's it, it, it's all you have to hang on to, mm. and not Amen. only that, it it almost makes you feel like it makes you feel fulfillment and satisfaction, uh, like that man, the feeling that you feel doing the, those drugs, it can be so deceiving because it's so alluring, it's so alluring, and then also the deception that comes with it, the mental traps and the things the the different philosophical thoughts that you have alongside with it it can be very very deceiving man and like myself i got so deceived that i and it wasn't just the psychedelic drugs but it definitely played a part i got so deceived that i got to a place where i was confessing that i was god you Mm know a a deep level of deception um so yeah after high school when i got into college I got more into uh, this thing. It's called the New Age Movement, um, and it's essentially a, a spiritual a spirituality that combines all the religions, or at least for the most part, most of the main religions, uh, the philosophies, and it combines it into one. And the, the philosophy is that all these paths lead to uh, – these, these are all paths that lead to truth.
0: Okay. Before you finish explaining that, we're going to go to a break and then we'll, we'll dive into that. Okay.
3: Cool.
2: Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation.
1: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact.
0: Ah, there you go. <laughs> okay, and we're back. Okay, so take us into that. You got into this New Age um, yeah. sort of um, religion.
3: Yeah, so I got into the New Age movement. and um, Okay. Yeah, it's a spirituality that combines pretty much a lot of the main religions uh, and takes different aspects and pieces from each, each one uh, to, to really just make, I guess, a bunch of subjective truths into one, saying that these truths all lead to the same path, and so I was I was really enticed by that, uh, in my journey of truth because, you know I. From my perspective, I was like, okay, a lot of these religions, there are good things to be pulled from from each one. Um, and I didn't have a concept of objective truth. I didn't have a concept of even, or at least maybe mentally, I didn't have a concept of objective morality. And so everything was essentially subjective to me. Uh, and so I thought, yeah, I can just choose my own path. Right. So that sounds path. that
0: that tickles your ears more as far as like you're saying diving into the new age movement in a sense of like it's more inclusive and more right. accepting of so many other world religions and practices and therefore that's got to be better because it's more accepting because most people view Christianity as exclusive right like it's only for these people right here and really man Christ died for all right you know um but the world makes it seem like it's just such an exclusive thing right and the new age movement was a lot more inclusive it's like okay everybody from everywhere will pick up something from Buddhism from Taoism from you know Hinduism from this from that and a bunch of different practices therefore it seemed more inviting for you yeah or for you wanting to be your own god. Let me touch on that for one quick second because you said that out loud that man you believed so much show you were in such a dark place on psychedelics and just the things you were practicing in um that you believed you were god. Right. That sounds crazy to say but what's even crazier is that like most people live like that. Yeah. And they may not they may call you crazy. Well man, Jorian said he thought he was god. That's crazy. How, how are you living? Right. Most people live as if absolutely. they are God. So which is worse, you know? And obviously during that time, you were living as if you were God. And although I've never believed that I was God, my actions would say otherwise. Absolutely. My actions absolutely served Ryan, devoted himself to Ryan. I was everything. Everything was about me. Um, so yeah, most people are, are lost in that, in that belief of like, man, I, I serve self. Therefore, I, I'm believing I am God without even really saying
3: it out loud. No, yeah, yeah, you're right, and you know it just reminds me of the scripture in Genesis three, where uh, the serpent when he deceives Eve and he tells her that she can be as God, knowing mm. good and evil, and, and it's the same lie, you know. we're biting the same fruit, just choosing our own path rather than um, following the path that was laid out by God. Amen. Uh, and, and so that's essentially what I was doing. I was making my own path, following my own path. In reality, the path itself was laid out by the enemy. Uh, it was a snare. It was a- entrapping, enticing, alluring, and it was filled with deception. I didn't know that though. So, uh, for to, to 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 go into it, I yeah. So I started doing some of those practices. I got a, a bit deeper into them. Started practicing uh, like magic. Um, started doing some slight witchcraft. Just man, a lot of just dark occultic uh, yeah, a lot of dark occultism. Mm. Um, but yeah, so where it culminated, I, during the time I joined this group chat on this app called GroupMe, and uh, it was a group chat of, man, hundreds of people that were on the same journey as me. Um, and man, I thought, wow, I, I've made it, you know, I, I'm here, you know, all these truth seekers, as, as I called them, bunch of people who were seeking uh wisdom and, and knowledge through different philosophies and religion and you know, every day we would share all types of stories and knowledge and uh yeah, I I, I was gr and I, I thought I was growing with them, but you know, the more I thought about reality I was just like, Man, I feel like I'm I'm learning and learning and learning okay. but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Right. And you know, so like I was I was deceiving myself and thinking I was satisfied by all this knowledge I was gaining, but really inside, I was empty um yeah,
0: so during this time i'm I'm gonna go back for a bit. Did you ever have Christian friends? Like even like kind of growing up or as you, cause let's, let's, let's review real quick. So you were grown, you were raised in a Christian home by your yeah. grandmother. You turned from that essentially to summarize, cause you thought it, you believed it was hogwash around 12 or 13, you confessed atheism. And right. then you said around 16, you began to practice Buddhism, Taoism, hinduism certain things like that and then 1819 is when the hallucinogens kind of came into play weed smoking all the time conspiracy Um, theories too conspiracy theories and then you you dived into the the new age were there ever like christian friends that you had from a child that would try to like hey man i think you're going down the wrong path anything like that or you kind of just dismissed them
3: i didn't really have many that were really intentional in seeking after me um I had a few encounters with some Christians. Like, I remember uh, in high school, I had a friend. And I remember I was just going off and going off about how Christianity was uh, deceptive. And I remember he just looked at me and he said, What if you're the one that's wrong? Mm. And I remember that stuck with me. Like, mm. I, because I remember when I got saved, I remembered that. It really stuck with me. That's good. Um, another, uh, another friend I had, he, I remember I would sit with him, and I would tell him all these different theories I had, All this, I would talk all types of metaphysical nonsense to him. And (laughs) I remember just after talking his mind off with all this philosophy, he was just like, yeah, well, God is real, and Jesus Christ is God. And I was just like, well, okay. And I mean, he kept it so simple. Like, it it was just, and I remember just how mind-blowing that was to me that it was it was just so simple to him. It was just like yeah. Jesus is God. Yeah. And he died on the cross. Yeah. And that's all. Um while I'm out here like trying to explain Right. Like, and he and, probably
0: said it with such assurance that it made you think like, Man, how yeah, is he so He was certain? so like, sure. Right. And not in an arrogant way and like just a certain in yeah. your soul, in your spirit, like, Man, Jesus Christ is God. Yeah. And, and it's like made you think.
3: Yeah. That attitude marked me. Um But, yeah, other than that, I didn't really have—I mean, I wasn't really deeply pondering on Christianity, nor was I really being uh, pursued. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, in this group chat, man, I remember we would have discussions about religion and philosophy and conspiracy theories and all types of things you can imagine every single day. But I remember we would—you know— They would mention all these different religions, and they would talk about all these different um, idols and false gods, you know. But whenever the name of Jesus or Christianity came into the conversation, it always brought a whole different dimension to the discussion. It was always, you know, they could talk about Buddha, or they could talk about Krishna, or all these other false gods, and it was good. It was cool. Uh, No one went crazy. But when Christ came into the picture, everyone had something to say. And it was always it was either degrading of Christianity or it was twisting Christianity. Mm. So let's
0: stop right there. We're going to take our last break because, man, I, I, this this part is just amazing. So we'll take one more break and then we'll come back. Amen.
3: hey
0: there we go okay welcome back so man keep going because this is where man it really just gets so good so the people in this new age movement chat group um every time the name of jesus was mentioned it's just basically hatred and just spewing hatred taking scriptures out of context and anytime another world religion was mentioned it was like that's okay
3: yeah so Whenever Christ would be mentioned, it was always he was always mentioned out of context. Mm. And you know this very. This was very confusing to me because, from my understanding at that time, I thought that the scriptures were twisted already. I thought that the scriptures. You know, you hear it all, all all the time. Oh, the scriptures have been mistranslated and translated over and over and over again. I had this mindset that the scriptures had been corrupted, and that. Uh, Yes, we could not rely on this on the scriptures. So it was weird to me that these people they would talk about the scriptures not in the context of what the scriptures are saying. They would change the context, and I was just like, okay, if the scriptures already are twisted, why go another step to yep. twist it even more? Why yep. not just? And not only that, I was just like, why can't you? Why can't you disprove it using the context it presents? And so an example of this. It's in uh, the book of Genesis. I remember we would talk about, in Genesis 3, I remember we would talk about, um, or they would say stuff like, the serpent in the garden was the good guy, And I was like, okay, where are you getting that from? You know, that's that's not what it says. You know, why can't you use the immediate context of the scriptures if you're going to, like, if you're going to have a conversation with a Christian and if you want to disprove the the scriptures, there's no point in taking it out of context. Use the proper context that it presents and then you can rightly discuss it. And so they would say things like, yes, the, serp- the serpent in the garden, he was the good one. And it was ironic because I remember just thinking like, okay, if this story is true, you have literally been deceived. Right. Like you literally think that he is saying that he he is actually the one who is right, while God is the one wrong. I'm like, that's quite literally the deception he he gave to Eve. And man, I remember that kind of just tripping me up. I was pondering on that, like, okay, that's weird. Why are they supporting Satan? Yeah, that's. I'm not a Christian, but I'm not a Satanist either. Right. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Right. Um, but yeah, I because of that, it inspired me to read the Bible because I wanted to, uh, (laughs) my intentions were I wanted to correct these people. I wanted to correct their understanding of the scriptures and I wanted them to be able to disprove and have apologetics against the scriptures from the right context that the scriptures were presenting. Mm. And so that's deep. That's deep. Keep going. And so because of that, I started to read the Bible for myself and I studied that story specifically about Genesis. Um, And, you know, I, I came to the conclusion of just reading just reading in Genesis I came to the conclusion that wow this this the Bible is far deeper than i i I ever thought it's far deeper than I ever imagined um, and in context there's so much in there that is it, there's so much so much depth within the Bible it, it was inconceivable that people were taking it out of context and not understanding like what the scriptures were actually saying. And so for the, when I, when I, for the first time started to read the scriptures, not with the intentions of disproving it, but really trying to learn now rather my intentions were, I was trying to learn to disprove it, but I was trying to learn it genuinely from a Christian perspective and the perspective it presented. And in doing so, I was starting to be convinced of the scriptures um, when I read through Genesis, um, I remember just being convinced of biblical morality. I remember just having this sense of, yeah, I understand the morality of the scriptures. You know, like I understand if God is God, and if God is the creator of the universe, the creator of all things. If the law comes from Him, He, he is um, He is all good. He is good, and that which is against Him is evil. Um, and when you when you read through the Ten Commandments, I mean, don't lie, don't steal, you know, don't commit adultery. Just the morality it presents, it logically made sense to me. And I I even I even realized, like, man, I, I, I live by this already. I live by this yeah. law in yeah. my life already. Like I I I'm conscious I'm conscious of this morality that uh, the scriptures present. And so, just things like that, I remember just getting uh, convinced of, and there was a scripture that I read. It was, um, second, here it is, is second Corinthians four, four, um, which says the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Let me read that again. <sighs> the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, what this verse is saying is that by God of this age, it's referring to Satan. What this verse is saying is that Satan has blinded the minds of the people of the world by his vain philosophies, all all his deceptions from seeing Christ from knowing Christ and from receiving the truth and i remember i read this verse and i pondered on it and i was like okay if this verse is true i've been deceived if this ver-, but but i was like but it's not true but then i was like wait maybe it's not true because i am deceived and you know that sent me on a just a mind loop of just pondering like okay this is weird. Am I deceived? Am I not? I'm reading through the scriptures. A lot of it just seems good. And I remember also just reading through the Gospels. And I can't remember what specific Gospel I read through. But I remember being so captivated by Jesus. Yeah. And his character. Yeah. And who he was. And and who he is. And I was just like, man, this is not just another character in a story. The page, it came alive. It was the life that is in him, I it, it was like I was bearing witness to, hi, to him through the pages uh, and through the truth that I was reading. Um, and so because of that, because of all that I was receiving, I still was not convinced of Christianity. But I had softened up to the Bible and to the scriptures. And so as a result, I, I started going back to the group chat still with the intentions of correcting their understanding of the bible and so i'm i'm in this group chat trying to teach these people it was a big group chat i I was trying to teach these people about the bible and i was trying to teach it to them in proper context so that they could defend against christianity and and tear it down but in the midst of me doing that they started to get mad at me as if i was a christian As if I was trying to defend the the Bible when I was just saying, no, I'm trying to give you the proper context. Yeah. You know, like, because, for instance, like, they would take verses out of um, context. They would say, like, oh, Jesus said we're all gods. You know, we are gods. And I'm like, okay, you're totally—like, you're reading that out of context. In the context of all the scriptures— Jesus is not a prophet here to tell us that we're gods. You know, Jesus said that if any man come after me must lay down his life, take take up his cross and follow me. You know, the whole premise of of the New Testament is surrender, you know, selflessness, humility. Yeah. Like those those virtues and I remember just like Being captivated by those virtues and then recognizing, like, man, in this new age, spirituality is a lot of just selfishness. Yeah, It's so self-centered, and it's all about me. It's all about what I can do and my attainment to to enlightenment, my attainment to freedom, and my attainment to nirvana. And, man, I was like – I was seeing through all the lies and all these just (sighs) – errors that were so
0: as you're reading more scripture as you're diving deeper into the word your affection for truth for the truth is starting right. to grow more and more and more and it's probably more so than you even realize right i remember another thing you told me is whenever you read the gospel for the first time i don't remember whether it was matthew mark or luke but you when you shared your testimony with me the first time you said you were reading about the character and person of jesus and you remember thinking vividly like This person is the one that every time his name is mentioned in these groups, they're spewing hatred at evil at and so mad at. And what I'm reading here is how could you say any negative thing about the person of Jesus? Even if you don't like Christianity based off, like you're saying, the context of the scriptures, how could you even dispute that Jesus was a bad or evil man?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was absolutely my thoughts because I was like, man, everything he's doing is good. Yeah. All of it. I mean, he's literally just giving his life to serve. To, I was like, man, this this is a great story. Yeah. This is a great, this is amazing. This is yeah. every superhero, every hero in anything. Like, I was like, man, they can't compare to Jesus. Yeah. They they just can't. Just, man, his character, his humility, the way that he served humanity, the way that he, he gave him his life up for the sake of mankind, yet he was innocent. Yet he was perfectly righteous. Yet there was no, he had no charge against him. He didn't revile back when they reviled at him. Man, I remember just being so touched by Jesus. Um, But yeah, so in all that, I remember just trying to defend the truth of the scriptures to be able to break down the scriptures um, in conversation with Christians. I was trying to equip these people, but they thought I was trying to preach to them. And I, I was trying to tell them, hey, I'm not a Christian. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to tell you the truth um, about what it says. But in the process of me doing this and me defending, so it went on for a while where I was like, I was defending. It was like I was defending Christianity, and I was like correcting misconceptions of it. And in doing so, it's almost like the the truth was just getting in me. And I was starting to get a a real understanding of objective truth, objective morality. And it was starting to make—it was really starting uh, to—my mind was being opened and enlightened to the reality of the the truth of the gospel, the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, I um, remember—I remember just reading more, um, and there's there's another verse— I think it's also in 2 Corinthians. But it talks about how uh, the enemy, he appears as an angel of light. And I remember after reading that, I was just like, man, all these false gods, all these philosophies, all these religions. Imagine if all this is just Satan appearing as an angel of light. You know, what if the truth is true? that which has been in front of me the whole time. And Mm. all these philosophies are actually the deceptions. Because, I mean, the Bible has been in front of me my entire life. I've been surrounded by I mean, here in America, you can't escape uh, the reality of Christianity and the influence of it in our society. And I just, yeah, I was being convicted by that. But in the midst of doing all this mixed with all my practices, all the drugs I was doing, all the demonic activity that was going on in my life, at that time, when I started to really get deeper and deeper into the scriptures, man, the enemy, he did not like that, and so I became super oppressed by demons, I don't, I don't know how, I don't even know how to explain the oppression that I was going through, um, the mental anxiety, the paranoia that I'd never experienced. It was, it was like in a moment of time, I just began, just, it was right when I'm getting closer to, and closer to the truth. That's when the enemy, he put on all stops and he he came after me. And so, yeah, I was really being oppressed by the enemy, really being attacked, uh, demonic, like, um, demonic attacks to the point where I was literally considering, like, man, I, I'm, I'm gonna go call my grandma. I'm gonna tell her, like, I need to go get delivered. But I thought I was crazy. I was like, man, I can't do that. They'll think I'm crazy. Tell someone I'm being attacked by demons, and so I kept it, I, I kept it to myself. And man, I was being tormented, uh, in inside my sp- my soul. And I'd never experienced anything like that. And so I remember one day I had, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I had smoked marijuana thinking that if I smoke weed, it will make all this terror and anxiety go away. I remember I took a a, a small little tiny hit of the bowl that I packed, and I remember I barely inhaled it, and in a moment, I was just hot, just so high, high out of my mind, man. And I had been, I had been smoking weed every every day for about maybe about two years, and so like a little puff was not going to do anything to me. Yeah. Um, when I took this puff, man, I was, I was almost uncontrollable. It was almost like I I was losing control of my being, um, and I was scared, and I was really just. I didn't even know what to do, and I was really crying out for help within myself. And I remember in that moment, I (laughs) I felt in my soul or in my spirit—I don't—I don't don't know—I felt I needed to to play a song. And so I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna play this song." And so I played this song. It was a song called "Better Than Drugs." Uh, It's by a Christian uh, band. Called Skillet, and I played this song, and it's a song essentially about how Jesus is better than drugs, and how His love is is like wine. And I remember just listening to this song, and it was really just getting into my soul, like the love of Jesus and how He is better than drugs. I'm sitting here high, high out of my mind, listening to the song about Jesus being better than drugs, and I'm like, How did I get here? How? Uh, why? Why am I doing this right now? Mm. Uh, and in that same moment, I had like an intense, uh, I, I would say a, it was a demonic attack. But practically, I had an intense terror, anxiety attack in that moment. And I remember I'm, I i went to my couch just freaking out. It, I, I couldn't even move. I was so tormented in that moment. And I remember I was at the end of myself. And I just, I just said, God, if you are real, make this go away. I remember in that very moment, there was just silence, just absolute silence. And I remember, man, silence, I was sober, the fear had went away. And I just remember just looking around, looking at my hands like, what? What just happened? And I remember saying, wow, that's all I had to do? And when I said that, I just felt this fear just fall over me. And that was the first time I experienced fear of the Lord uh, mm.
0: praise God,
3: yeah, and man, I remember just on that day just being so shocked fearful of god i kind I felt like david uh when when he saw uh I was like, struck down uh, by God when he touched the ark. I, I, I felt like, man, God can strike me down right now. I'm a sinful man. I am an evil, wicked man. I've been living my life up to this day in full, total, conscious rebellion against him. And so I, I remember just being so consumed by guilt and shame uh, to the point where I literally, let, like, that experience... I kind of like sheltered it, and I put it in the back of my mind um, for about a week. But man, the Lord, he was coming after my soul. And so a week after that, uh, sometime after that experience, I don't know what happened. I was sitting on my computer desk, man, and I was just pondering on everything that had taken place, all the stuff I learned, all I had read, and it just— in a moment of time, it just clicked. It just all clicked to me. I think I I think what what made it click is I was thinking about how Jesus. It made it very personal when I really thought like he walked on this earth, like yeah. his footsteps yeah. took place on this earth, like That's good. here. It it just became personal, and in a moment of time, uh, I surrendered and I was like, man, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is Lord. He is God in the flesh. Ah, and I remember falling to my knees in my room. It's just me and Jesus, man, falling to my knees, and I just gave glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And in a moment, I was changed. I went from being New Age or from being atheistic to oh, yeah. New Age to doing all these drugs to, like, in a moment, just full surrender um, to Christ. And, man, that was six years ago. Uh Man, he it, he really turned my life around. Like, I mean, man, all, I just saw all these strongholds and chains just drop and drop and drop and drop out of my life. And to this day, he's still delivering me. He's still saving me. He's still breaking chains. He's in the chain breaking business, you know. he, mm-hmm. he He's a good God. He He saves to the utmost, and he's still doing that. But, man, on that day, like, he saved my life. He changed me. He turned me around. Ah oh, man, and yeah, that's a that's a it's a part of my that's my testimony, man. And I remember after I got saved, I went back into that same group chat. This is a story for another day, but I went back into that same group chat, and I I man, I was just preaching the gospel. I was a bit fiery. I was like, man, you guys are worshiping Satan. You guys are worshiping the devil. Uh, and I preached the gospel in, in, in that group chat. And man, uh, the cool story is the the leader, the person who actually made that group chat. He ended up getting saved, man. And to this day, he's still saved. He has a beautiful family. He's a minister at a church. Like, wow, there's a lot of fruit that came out of that thing that God, that God used. And so his heart was not just on me, but he was go- going after those New Agers. And so my heart is – I have a heart – towards uh people in that but yeah amen so powerful man man. so
0: so let's get this so from practicing atheism as a 12 to 13 year old to then practicing you know um buddhism taoism witchcraft at times just different types of sorcery magic whatever it may be to leading a new age movement group trying to study the bible better To learn how to coach them and teach them on how to dispute Christianity and why it's false to proclaiming Christ crucified, preaching the gospel and working in full time ministry. That is life after addiction
3: you better believe it come on
2: thank you for listening to this episode of life after addiction life after addiction is a production of s2l studio for more coin centered addiction recovery resources please visit s2l.net that's s the number two l.net For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number 2, L, recovery.org.
1: We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless.